the 25 yard line. We are back for yet another week of fantasy football talk. I'm your host, Steve Johnson, and I've got Grant Freeman here with me. Grant, what up, what up? entered double digit weeks. This, uh, I know, it's real exciting. It is week 10. It's crazy. Is it me or is this season just like faster than every season that, that you can possibly? This, like, this still feels like an early fantasy football season. We, we right. were talking before the show that we've got five weeks left in the, in the fantasy football regular season. We're already closing in on playoffs. We're talking playoff spot. It's crazy. All right. It's a pure insanity. Well, coming up today on the show, we are going to finish off our divisional roundup, our divisional breakdowns. We're closing it off with the East, which which might be the least exciting of all the conferences, but you saved the most mediocre for last. That'll be for you to decide. Before <laughs> we get to that, though, we've got lots of news today, so let's jump right into it. The first story broke today, and we I guess we have to start here. OBJ um, has, has thrown his temper tantrum, has cried like a child, and has gotten his way. <laughs> And is now almost officially a Los Angeles Ram. All, all reports indicate that he is finalizing a deal. The deal, the the details of that deal are not yet public. However, it seems to be a a sure thing. So let's yep. talk about fantasy implications here of OBJ going to the Rams. What what do you expect to see in the way that he's integrated into the Rams offense and the way it affects existing Rams players? I mean, it'll be interesting to see just how he fits in that offense because I think OBJ is still a is still a talented enough receiver to have an impact. It's just a matter of getting comfortable in that system. I think Matt Stafford and Sean McVay have done a very good job in being able to support two fantasy relevant wide receivers. I don't know that they can support three fantasy well of it wide receivers so yeah i really, mean my in they've done it in the past before when yeah. when brandon cooks was there they didn't have anyone anywhere near the level cooper cup has has no. been this year but they had three relevant receivers but i just think that that the point totals that you're seeing from guys like robert woods and cooper cup right now you're are either maybe there's no impact or they may see a drop as they try to get OBJ more involved, involved mm-hmm. into that offense. Yeah. I'm not worried in any way about Cooper cup. If there's a Cooper cup owner in your league panicking because of this news, yeah. I would, I would swoop in and there is not a, there's not a non running back player in the league that I would not be willing to lose for Cooper cup. If, if I am a Tyreek Hill owner, Maybe I'm throwing Tyreek Hill out there yeah. for, for Cooper Cup and seeing if I can land that deal. I'm not worried at all. I do I do wonder what, if Robert Woods is going to be able to maintain productivity. Yep. Being the guy that gets a lot of the short yardage stuff, a lot of the catch Slot. the ball and run, I'm, I'm intrigued to see if some of that work will be schemed for OBJ because you're looking at, I mean, there's so much behind the scenes that we don't know about, but OBJ's whole thing is he wants to play for a contender. Well, like it or not, and I certainly don't, but the Browns are a contender. The Browns are winning games against good teams. They're running the ball very well. Sure, I think he wants to be at the centerpiece of a contender, which he was not in Cleveland, but they were a contender. So he's going to probably the best situation in terms of if he wants to win a Super Bowl and catch the ball. They're yep. going to a team that can throw the ball very well. But this is this is Cooper Cup's offense. Yeah. Stafford's been in this league long enough that, that I don't know that he's going to fall victim to OBJ's antics. Really, and all this... There's, really, there's a all this, real... Really, all this does is just make me hate the Rams even more. Right? I mean, I didn't hate the Rams, but I'm not rooting for them right now because this is ridiculous. This shows... That when you when you throw a temper tantrum over nothing, you get what you want in the NFL. Yep. And so there's also a very real possibility. The Rams offense has been clicking so well. Oh, so good. There's a very real possibility that there's not a role for OBJ here. 
Now, I think I think the more likely situation is that he is integrated in well and takes some of those touches away from Robert Woods, but it's super possible that he just shows up and that yeah. they put him on the field to draw some of the defense away from Cooper Cup and Robert Woods to give them even more space than they've had so far yeah. this season. Well, this will be interesting to see. Um, I I don't know that we'll see him this weekend. That that feels fast to me. I mean, they've got, they've got the Monday night game. There. They've yeah. got the Monday night game, so you could potentially see him, but I wouldn't. It, I don't think it's likely. Yeah, it's it's definitely a possibility. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But every, the news news is still developing on this. So follow it closely. We'll keep you in the loop as much as we can. But keep an eye. OBJ to the Rams. Speaking of player movements, Cam Newton has returned home <laughs> to the Carolina Panthers quarterback signed a one-year deal prodigal son returns what does this mean for the panthers here obviously taking a lot of heat from panthers fans on this but what does this actually mean something i mean as right now sam darnold's dealing with injury so you even matt rule was saying that he wasn't likely to wasn't likely to start this weekend that they were um, expecting planning on PJ Walker to start. I mean, really like he's coming back into the Panthers. It's, it is technically a whole new offense under Matt rule. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You may see him more as a backup role for a week or two in before anything actually significant happens. But I mean, it seems like, they want to like they went all in for Darnold. They have been investing in PJ Walker. I think they're not really ready to move off a of Walker just yet until they know what they have. Yeah, this does feel like a depth play. This feels like they want some someone else on the depth chart while Darnold is dealing with injuries. But well, I mean, follow it closely because it's not like PJ Walker has a long history of. Yeah. Uh, of excellence in the NFL. So you look at a guy like DJ Moore here. Do you think there's much of a difference having Cam versus Darnold versus Walker? I mean, I think I'm not as excited with Walker, but I don't think I can like just completely like lose faith in DJ Moore. Yeah, I'm still starting DJ Moore on a week-to-week basis, who yeah. has taken a hit to his fantasy value due to some bad quarterback play. Yep. Started the season as easily a top-five receiver in fantasy and has has fallen off from that. Been fine. Yeah. You're you're not kicking yourself for starting him most weeks, but just has has fallen off in in recent weeks. But I don't think that changes. I think I think he can only go up from here. I think we've hit the DJ Moore floor, which yep. sounds like a dance move. Uh, we've we've officially arrived at the dj Moore floor this is as bad as it gets so if you've stuck with him this far you're certainly not trading him away right now that would be crazy absolute nonsense i've gotten a lot of dj Moore offers because i uh i have some shares of him in dynasty and it i have not seen anything close to appetizing yeah. it's just no. like sometimes people send you an offer that's so obviously a buy low yeah right no no i'm not giving you dj Moore for your hot garbage <laughs> Chase Edmonds looking to miss time now. Fill us in on what is happening with the Arizona Cardinals running back. Yeah, so ended up leaving Sunday's game with an ankle sprain. Um, It does not look good. They're expecting him to actually go on the IR probably for at least three weeks. Um, What this does mean is that it does become this, this, like weird tandem backfield that we were talking about last week now becomes clear. It's James Connor's job. It's, Mm -hmm. it's his, um, it's now going to be an idea of just seeing whether or not James Connor can handle a full-time starting running back workload because he's been in the tandem with Arizona thus far this season in Pittsburgh, he was having health issues, and so they never really um, let him have full control. So this is really a proving point for um, James Conner to prove that he can be the workhorse back that he wants everybody to think that he is. 
Yeah, we'll need to be watching this very, very, very closely because this, I mean, it it does bring an important question forward. Does Edmonds ever get the, you know, quote unquote, starting job back? Because while he has been the starter, he has not been the one relevant for fantasy. That's been James Conner. And the the question does become if Conner does very well over these next three to four weeks, three to five weeks, however much time Edmonds misses, if Conner establishes himself as a legit running back does Edmonds even come back with a significant role and I've seen no indication exactly. so far from the play of the two of them this season that Edmonds has earned a significant role because Connors yeah. just looked like the better player yep all right interesting situation here that we talked about last week Aaron Rodgers is still on the COVID list due to the NFL protocols the earliest that he could be removed is saturday they play sunday what are you expecting to happen in the aaron Rodgers situation this week every all the anticipation is that he'll be off the COVID list by saturday and ready to play by sunday it's it's aaron Rodgers. it's the same thing like we said about kyler murray last week he doesn't need to practice to be good enough to play like mm-hmm. that's just how he is so Obviously, you're making sure that he actually gets cleared and returns to the active roster. But if he is cleared and returns to the active roster, you're starting him this week. So this is a late game against the Seahawks, who have actually been better on defense this year than yep. than anticipated. Is there is there? A, I mean, I guess we'll find out Saturday if he gets removed. Are you yeah. starting him against the Seahawks? I mean, let's. Let's say you have one of the streaming options available this week. I mean, is there is there is there a streaming quarterback? I guess is a better question that you would be willing to start over Aaron Rodgers. Being like uh, a guy like Kirk Cousins is available in a bunch of leagues. If Kirk Cousins is available, I would feel comfortable with that. Um, another guy that I would feel comfortable with is um, where'd he go? Um, are you looking at Carson Wentz? Because that's who I'm looking at next. Yeah, I'm looking at Carson Wentz against uh, against Jacksonville, and then even potentially Mac Jones against Cleveland. I mean, I think the Patriots' Ooh. offense has kind of started clicking a little bit better. So I think if you if you're in a pinch, I think Mac I like Mac Jones this week. That's the one area where I'm departing from you. I agree <laughs> with the things you've said before. I I'm not starting Mac Jones because the Cleveland defense has been fine. Not been great. Yeah. They've been fine. Um, how about, I mean, I'm even looking at guys like Matt Ryan, like Daniel Jones. I'm sorry. Daniel Jones is on by this Daniel week. Jones is on a buy. Daniel Jones is on by this week. Um, but Matt Ryan is, is another guy I'd be willing to start here. Yeah. This you're right. Aaron Rodgers does not le- need a lot of practice time. The, the Packers offense has just kind of felt wonky a little bit. Yeah. There, there seems to be a disconnect there, and your quarterback missing more time is not necessarily good for that. I think he'll be fine. I think it's it's going to be fine for Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. If you're in a pinch and starting A.J. Dillon, that's that's totally fine. I'm not worried about those guys, but you're definitely – I don't feel super comfortable with it mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in the ways that in past years I might say, no matter what, you're fine. Yeah, for sure. All right, on the quarterback sphere – Let's look at Russell Wilson. He has been cleared for full practice. What's the expectation coming out of Seahawks camp for the return of Russell Wilson? Um, I mean, he's been he's putting clean practices every day this week thus far, and I believe that their expectation is that he is likely to play this week. Um, expected to play this week. Um this was one of those things that we were looking at that whether or not like the doctors were very pleased with how the surgery went and how the rehab went. And so we are very like, it's very apparent that this is something that's going to be good and he's going to be able to play this week because of how the rehab has gone and just the way that they've been able, the way that he's looked in, um, in practice thus far. Yeah, it's worth noting that he has not officially been removed from IR and that that is not a statement on his health. It's more of a protocol thing. So he, the team doesn't have to move him, remove him from IR yet. It, 
according to ESPN report, he would have been considered a full practice participant today had he not been on IR, but they don't have to list him on the injury report because he's on IR. They, they can still, they can still designate him for return this week. He can still play. And that is what he's trending towards. So if you are one of the fantasy players who like sets your lineup on Thursday and forgets about it, be, be very aware because you might see Russell Wilson on IR and go, all right, well, like I'm not going to start an injured quarterback bench him for, for someone that you really don't want to start over him. And there's a big difference here between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, because Aaron Rodgers is not with the team right now. He's doing virtual meetings, but he's not at practice throwing the football. Russell Wilson is there. He's active. He's involved. And by all reports, he's healthy. So if, if he gets a starting designation, if he experiences no setbacks this week, you are starting him the way you normally would. If he was your starting quarterback, he is still your starting quarterback. Another fractured hand issue. Talk to me about Tua. Now, by the time you're listening to this, you are well aware that he's not playing tonight. The game has Correct. either started or ended, and he's out. But what are, what is the future looking like for Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback Miami Dolphins? I mean, more than anything, I am nervous to run with him the rest of the season. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, even when it seems like he is healthy. Something like this, well, the fractured finger comes up, and I just don't know if you can afford to play the guessing game with him rest of the season, especially with playoffs right around the corner. Are you do you really want to be that guy who on Sunday morning is having to read all the injury reports to make sure that Tua is going to play? And if he's not, if and you don't have any other options, trying to scramble to find a better option. You know, I am that guy that wants to do that. Thank you for asking, Grant. Uh, you're right. It's a guessing game going forward. You don't know what his health's going to look like. Uh, it seems like this this could be a nagging injury that lasts through the rest of the season, the way it's kind of come and gone, and there's a lot of it. But he's been he's been fine when he's been on the field. Yeah. he He's been fine on the field. Uh, he left the game early week two, which is really throwing off his point-per-game total. Right. But outside of that, he's averaging around 20 points a game if you scrap that game. And to me, that's what I'm looking for in a quarterback, you know? If you can if you can average around 20 points a game. So, again, I want another option. If, I don't want Tua to be my only guy going forward, where if I have Kyler Murray, I probably don't have a backup. And last week, Kyler Murray was injured, and I just picked someone else up, and I'm fine doing that with other quarterbacks. With Tua, I would like to have a let's call him a Ryan Tannehill caliber quarterback on my team so that I can start Tannehill yeah. when two is out. But if two is playing, I'm fine. I'm fine watching him going forward. Yeah. Just read your injury reports so close with him. Yep. Zach Moss running back for the Buffalo bills currently going through the concussion protocol. Give us an update on him. Yep, he's still in the concussion protocol. I don't believe that he has put in a clean practice this week. Um, I don't think he's practiced at all, actually. Um, Unless he gets a practice in tomorrow, I highly doubt that he's going to even end up playing, so it becomes the Devin Singletary show. Mm -hmm. This backfield's been weird thus far this season, where neither one has really wanted to step up and take the starting job. I guess Zach Wilson has had more upside on a week to week basis versus Singletary, but mm-hmm. getting a little more it's goal it's getting work. a little it's getting a little tiresome playing the guessing game. Yeah, I totally agree. You mentioned Devin Singletary. If Moss does miss time, it's worth noting that they get the Jets who are allowing the most fantasy points to opposing running backs yep. this week. And that could be a great plug and play start for Devin Singletary. Yeah. If you uh, if Zach Moss misses time here, he 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 had non-contact practice participation today. I don't know that I don't know that that means much. He's going to need to yeah. take some hits in practice and not experience any setbacks to clear the concussion protocol. Yep. Nick Chubb tested positive for COVID-19. He is in the the protocol for vaccinated players, so this is not the same as Aaron Rodgers, but walk us through his situation. 
Yeah, so he needs two clean tests 24 hours apart before Sunday's game. Um, thus far, he has not produced any of the uh, clean tests this week. Um, everything that the Browns keep saying is that he's unlikely to play uh, this week. So if you were one of those people that had Darnus Johnson, then you are really liking that because this is what his value hinges on is mm-hmm. Nick, Hutt, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt not being healthy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So follow his, I mean, follow the Nick Chubb situation closely. If he plays, obviously you're starting him. If he doesn't, obviously Dearness Johnson is a great play. All right. Last but not least, let's talk about bye weeks real briefly here. Bengals, Bears, Giants, Texans this week. So you're looking at one offense really with, with significant players on by in the Bengals. You're losing Jamar Chase. You're losing yep. potentially Joe Burrow, losing Joe Mixon for sure. Yeah. Not a lot of not a lot of gunpowder on the Bears. I hate to admit it, but David Montgomery <laughs> is, is a guy that you're 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 missing out on all the Giants receivers and all that, and then no one on the Texans unless yep. you're maybe starting unless Brandon Cooks. You're maybe starting Brandon Cooks. So not a not a real significant bye week, although. I did notice because I went so all in on Darnell Mooney this year, and I also have a lot of Joe Mixon. Uh, I have a couple leagues where this is like the surprising bye week. I feel like there's always one bye week that you look over it and you're like, oh, that's fine. Like, that's not a super serious. But then there's that one team where it's like, oh, man, that's half my starting roster. (laughs) I'm even rolling with uh, a couple of the Giants receivers between a few leagues. So it's. Right. It's it's a worse week than it initially looks like, but you should be able to get by watching that waiver wire. Well, let's move on to our standout player of the week. This is where Grant and I will each highlight a player from the previous week's action that went above and beyond what they were expected to do and lit up the gridiron. My standout player this week is the New York Fighting Jets receiver, Elijah Moore. In the absence of Corey Davis, ended up going seven receptions on 84 yards. Uh, sorry, seven receptions on eight targets for 84 yards and two touchdowns, totaling 27.4 fantasy points. Yep. Look great. This was the best game of his very young career. And it, games like this are how you as a young player establish a role for yourself in an offense. Yep. So going forward, he's got three straight weeks now of double-digit fantasy points, obviously this being the most significant of those weeks. He's he's carved himself a role in this offense. I don't know that I'm ready to call him a weekly starter, but he, is, he has become a player who, in the right matchup, can be a flex-worthy start. This week is not yeah. one of those weeks as they have no. the bills coming up, so I'm looking elsewhere. But good on you, rookie Elijah Moore, for having a great game this past Sunday. Grant, why don't you walk me through your standout player this week? Uh, go ahead. Give me James Conner. Uh, it pains me because he did it against my 49ers. Uh, oh, but, such a great game. Uh, uh, but anyways, this is what you want from a guy when an injury happens to step up and take over the role and really go for it. Um, 92 yards on the ground for two touchdowns, 77 yards in the passing game for another touchdown. Um, I mean, just all ar- all ar- all around an efficient day for James Conner in just what he was able to do with the football. Killer game. Part of a, a really impressive offensive attack by the Cardinals. The Cardinals are the best team in the NFL right now. A few weeks ago, I think we were all looking at them going, yeah, they've had a hot start. They're very young. Let's see if they can keep it up. They're the best team. They are A.J. Green looking at the ball away from still being undefeated. Oh, yeah. And they just went into a game where they lost their starting running back, went into the game without their starting quarterback and without their best receiver and pounded the 49ers into the ground. Who The Niners have not been great this year. But they've no. also not been a joke. They've they've no. been 
a reasonable team for yep. a lot of opponents. They still have a very good pass rush, and the, the Cardinals just didn't care. Yep. They are That's the best correct. team in football right now, and I need to see a convincing loss before you can convince me otherwise. Well, let's move on to our main topic of the day. We are closing out our divisional breakdowns with the Eastern divisions, the AFC and NFC East. Without further ado, Grant, get us into the AFC East and talk to me about the Buffalo Bills. Yep, we're going to start with the Bills. It's Josh Allen. It's why everybody was so high on him. He is the guy. Obviously, this last week here, the last couple of weeks has been a little disheartening just with how the Bills offense has looked as a whole. But I think part of that is they run a good they run a good offense through their tight end and without having Dawson Knox at the moment. I think that's why that offense has had a little bit harder of a time clicking. You know what's crazy in terms of fantasy points though? Mm-hmm. Is yeah, they the as a team they've not looked good. He still put up almost 30 fantasy points against the Dolphins. Yeah. This last week, you have to throw out. He, it was his first single-digit game yep. this season. It was just a bad game. No one expected it against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. He threw two interceptions and lost one fumble. You, you have to throw that game out. It's a fluke. He's got the Jets this week. He is going to light them up and absolutely destroy them. Yep. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. As for the running backs, it's like we talked about earlier. It's Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. It's, mm-hmm. again, it's another one of these weird tandem backfields, but instead of having somebody who's actually productive on a consistent basis, neither one's been very productive on a consistent basis. So if Zach Moss is healthy I and you like you have him, I think you're, you're starting him, but you're not really like confident in it. As for Devin Singletary, you're looking for a touchdown and yards to maybe get you an opportunity um, to really get you get you some some points. Yeah, I don't love starting either one of these guys. Nope. I will start Zach Moss if I have to, but I'm certainly not excited about it. Nope. Neither of them inside the top 30 at the running back position. Yep. You're just you're looking elsewhere. Yep. Um, as for the wide receivers, Stephon Diggs is still the number one. Obviously, he has not had as big of a season as I think you would. Everybody was expecting him to have, but he's still averaging nineteen or fifteen points a game. Only had one game under ten points thus far this season, um, and has been consistent in what he has been doing on the field. Um, mm-hmm. As for the other guys, he's been consistently uh, not catching touchdowns. Yes, but has otherwise what, been fine. That's what is. That's what is disheartening is the touchdowns are not coming. Yeah, I mean, you throw a touchdown into half of these games that he hasn't caught one, and he's only got three touchdowns this season. Yeah. Like you give him four to five more touchdowns, and it's a very different conversation about him. Yep. Yep. Um, as for the other wide receivers in this lineup. Um, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders has been, if you are looking for like a wide receiver to flex, he's been he's been good enough to be that kind of guy for you this season. Um, obviously, he's a little well. I wouldn't even say matchup dependent. There's three games where he he has had under ten points. Other than that, he's been one of those guys that Josh Allen looks for in. Um, when trying to get out of, out of trouble. Cole Beasley's the same way. He's a little bit more boomer bust as his value kind of comes. If he can either get a hundred yards or get at least one to two touchdowns. Um, so he is averaging about 12.7 there. Beasley is 32. Sanders is 34. So they're both kind of guys that I like as wider, th- wide receiver three. Flex We're talking in terms of position rank here, position not their rank, age, correct. right? Although their ages are probably close to that. Yeah. But we're talking position rank. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so each of those guys I like as wide receiver three flex gate flex guys rest of the season for you. So here's an interesting question for you. Yes. If you are a Stefan Diggs owner, are you gonna? Are you trying to trade him away based on his name and maybe maybe based on some recognition from last season to see if you can get like a top fifteen guy? 
I mean, I would not be opposed to it, but I wouldn't actively be shopping it, if that makes sense. It does. I think that's a, a fair assessment. I think if, I might I might try to move him to try to get yeah. someone. I I don't know that I don't know it's something I'm necessarily dying to do, but I'd yeah. be totally comfortable shopping around and just kind of seeing what values out there in my league. Yep. I mean, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a guy like even someone like CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, I think I might rather have those guys over Stephon Diggs. Yeah. I, I don't know. So. I, would, I would strongly consider it. All right, here's I, a crazy one. Here's a crazy one. A guy that is a lot better than anyone expected him to be this year, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Would you trade Stephon Diggs for Hollywood Brown straight up? Oh, averaging 18.8 points per game. Two single digit games this season. Three games over 20 points. I think it's close, but I think I'm still sticking with Stefan Diggs. I'm taking Marquise Brown there. How about Deontay Johnson? I take Deontay Johnson in full point PPR. I wouldn't half point. I would not. Yeah. Full point PPR, I definitely would. All right, so that, I I feel like we're in a similar place on him. How about yeah. Mike Williams? Eh, he hasn't looked good the last three weeks, so I'm yeah, not. I'm not. That, that's really, the line for me too. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do Mike Williams there. I'd yeah. rather have Stephon Diggs. Yep. All right, finish us out with uh, a tight end we actually get to talk about here. Dawson Knox, um, he's a guy that came into this season with a lot of potential and a lot of opportunity. He started late last season to really hit his stride. Um, Took him a couple of weeks this season to get going, um, but out of the six weeks that he's played so far, averaging um, 13 points, tight end, positional rank number 11 right now. Um, he's a guy that I think in this offense can get into that tier of tight ends that's like that you are wanting to start on a consistent basis. Yeah, I we always talk about like the the categories of tight end where there's the couple guys that you start no matter what that are rock solid. And Dawson Knox feels like he's the top of the other class for me. Yeah. But like like even higher, like Noah Fant is is an example of a guy that I always use for being at the top of that class, and I feel like he's like even a little bit up there in that very gray area, where he's yeah. he's a little more consistent when he's on the field. He he's been very good. I'm a I'm a, I'm a Dawson Knox fan. All right, let's move on to the New England Patriots. It's Mac Jones' job. That's why Bill Belichick and the boys went out and drafted him. He, I mean. Quarterback number 23 thus far this season. Um, He's had a couple of bright spots here thus far. Um, Only two games under 10 points, which obviously if you're a quarterback, you're hoping for more in the 15 to 20 range. But in dynasty long term, I really like his value. Is this one of those situations where you drafted a player in dynasty, so you're trying to convince yourself he's good? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Ten touchdowns to seven interceptions this season. He's been fine in terms of the NFL. There's a word to describe how he's been in terms of fantasy. Uh, do, you, do you know what that word is? Mm, it's bad. No, it's, bad. it's not. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. When two games under ten points becomes your baseline for right. he's been okay. <laughs> he, he's got one he's game over 20 13. points. One game over 20 points. It's He's been bad. He, he's young. The team does not have a lot of weapons around him. I do think he could get better long term, but he's not usable in fantasy this year. Unless you're in a very deep two quarterback league. <laughs> hey, I know a couple of guys who are in one of those leagues. Um, uh-huh. 
as for the running backs, Damian Harris, when he is healthy, is the guy. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is a guy that I think is interesting just because, obviously, as long as Harris is hurt, you need somebody. And I think the offense is doing enough in the rushing game that Stevenson can be relevant for you. Yeah, I the rise of Ramondre Stevenson is, I think, worse for Damian Harris than it is good for Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, he's gotten more touches over recent weeks. He he's coming off of a good game, twelve point six fantasy points in PPR scoring, ten carries for sixty two yards, caught two balls for forty four. This backfield feels very muddy to me. But at the end of the day, Damian Harris is at the top of the mud pile and is averaging 12.2 points a game, which as a, a low-end running back, two is fine. Yeah. And I'm totally cool with that. Talk to me about the wide receivers. The wide receivers, it's meh. I mean, Jacoby Myers is maybe the only guy that I am interested in having, but even he hasn't been really all that great this season currently showing up as wide receiver number 36 the other two guys in note nelson Aguilar and kendrick Bourne. both of those guys are boomer bust you're if you're having to start them it's because you're in an injury situation or a bye week situation and they were available on the waiver wire i mean boomer bust in the sense that they like don't really boom much either true uh, yeah, I'm not starting any of these guys. So Jacoby Myers is a guy that I'm perpetually watching in Dynasty. He might yeah. be the best player to have never caught an NFL touchdown in, in history. Right. He, he, that doesn't mean he's a very good player, but I think he's been solid throughout his yeah. career, He yep. which has been a very short career. It's basically the second half of last year and the first half of this year. But he's thrown together a pretty decent season in terms of yardage, in terms of receptions, in terms of targets. He just has not caught a single touchdown yeah. in his career. He He's someone I'm watching in Dynasty. I'm not willing to give up a whole bunch for him, but he's someone I would like to have for the future because if the touchdowns ever catch up, it feels to yeah. me like DJ Moore last season yeah. was, was really good and didn't catch very many touchdowns. Jacoby Myers feels like he might be a year or two away from that. Mm-hmm where he could be that really good player that doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns. And at some yep. point, if the touchdowns catch up, maybe he could just be a really good player. Yep. Right now he's not that player though. So I'm, I'm likely looking elsewhere. He's a low end flex at best. Yep. As for the tight ends, it's Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. It's more Hunter Henry's job than Jonu Smith's job because of just the injuries that Smith has been dealing with, but also Hunter talent Henry and usage has some talent and usage. If, Again, it, he's one of those guys that he can get you a touchdown in a week, and that's what you're looking for at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting that he, at a position where you only care about touchdowns, he's got five touchdowns this season, yep. which is fine. He's he's in the middle of that pack of guys. He's a top 10 tight end this season based on catching five touchdowns. So you are maybe hoping for another four to five touchdowns over the rest of the season. We're yep. at that halfway point. If he ends the season with, with 11 to 12 touchdowns, then he outperformed his draft stock. If Hunter Henry is your tight end, he'll, he will likely not win you a week, but you know, he's fine. You don't need to yep. be searching the waiver wire for tight ends. Yep. Let's move on to the Dolphins. It's like we talked about at the beginning of the show. It's Tua and Jacoby Brissett. If Tua is healthy and has no designation on the injury report, then he's good enough for you to get you 20 to 25 points. If he's not, it's Jacoby Brissett's job. And then it becomes a little bit more muddled because they have not looked all that great. Yep. I mean, there's, there's not much else to say about him. We, we talked to him about at the top of the show. I like to when he plays, but you, you have to, if you don't like reading injury reports throughout the week and confirming yep. on Sunday morning, then two is just not your guy this season. Yep. Talk to me about the running back situation. Well, it's one running back, and it's Miles Gaskin. And he's a guy who he'll get you either 30 points in a week or he'll get you zero points in a week. And if you are having to run with that, 
it's not all that great. You can't use 30 points as an example because he's only done that once. Once. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, he's he's just downright not usable. With a 30-point game, he's still only averaging 12.1 points per game. And yep. that's the inflated number by that yep. one 30-point game. His true average is much closer to 9 to 10 points. Yep. He has propped himself off that one game into the top 20 at running back. He will not end the season there. Nope. Man, I was hoping you would say yes, he would, so that I could get a, a free <laughs> wager player <laughs> bet out of you. Um, as for the wide receivers, Jalen Waddell is probably the only guy that I'm really interested in. Devontae Parker and Will Fuller have not been able to stay healthy all season. Um, Waddle is in the games that Tua has played and started in. He's looked he's looked oh, pretty good. Um, in the games that he has not, he's looked meh. So, I mean, obviously. 23rd in the wide receiver, averaging 13 points a game. I like him as a wide receiver three kind of rest of the season, unless Tua is healthy. Then does he become a wide receiver two for you? I think so. Yeah, I think I'd keep him in the three range. But, yeah, he's he's in that range. You're considering Jalen Waddle every week. Rostered in about 88% of ESPN leagues, so he may even be out there if you're in a, in a smaller league, league with a shallower bench. He's being started this week in about half of leagues. So that that feels right to me. You're you're yeah. playing matchups. You're looking at the rest of your team. This week is not a great matchup. It's a short week against the Baltimore yeah. defense. So it makes sense that he would be rostered in about or started in about half of leagues. But otherwise he's fine. Will Fuller is really interesting because if he comes back, he's just he's I feel like his whole career is going to be the perpetual he could be really good in fantasy yeah. if he plays, you know, he's, he's been <laughs> on the field for two games this season and neither was very impressive, Yep, but maybe he'll get there. He's very fast. Yes, he is. All right. Well, we get to talk about another tight end here, Grant. Mike Isecki currently tight end number three on the year, averaging 12, rough, about 12 points a game. He's another one of those guys that is good for, if not one, two touchdowns for you. And that's what you're using them for. So here's, I'm, I'm actually going to disagree with you on that. I think he's usable, but for different reasons. I think he's broken the tight end mold in the way he's, he does what Mark Andrews does. He just does it worse. He doesn't, <laughs> he's, he's one of the few tight He has two touchdowns this year yeah. and he's the number three tight end. He's, he's breaking the tight end mold for fantasy, you know? He is he's catching yards. balls. He's getting a lot of targets and he's, he's he's catching balls. He's getting yards. It's not only, been only only two games without at least six targets this season. Yeah, he's been he's been the consistent tight end where you're hoping for touchdowns to get him up into that like above 15 point yeah. range, which he's done four times this season. But his floor just feels really high. His worst game of the season coming in week two against Buffalo, and he still got you 7.1 fantasy points. That's, well, his worst game of the season was week one against New England. Where he that's true. Zero fantasy points. I'm throwing that one out because <laughs> I want to. Right. But even still, like that's you're looking for seven to ten points from a wide receiver like that. A tight end like that. But, yeah, 100%. Like that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm there with you. All right, close out the AFC with the best team in the league. <laughs> uh, New York football Jets. Um, I mean, really, you don't want any of these quarterbacks. The Jets haven't been consistent enough to really make you want any of these quarterbacks. Sure, Mike White is a feel-good story of the year, but none of them can stay healthy. Right, and the team has in, has invested the future in Zach Wilson. So as much as if if this was the you know movie Invincible Part Two, <laughs> this would be the Mike White story where Mike White comes in as this right. unknown backup quarterback and takes the job from the number two overall pick. But that's not the world we're living in. 
And Zach Wilson gets this job for at least the first three years of his rookie deal. Yep. With what has been invested in him, you cannot draft a quarterback at number two overall and then bail this early. So this is Zach Wilson's job when he's healthy, and that's not good for the fantasy prospects this year at least of the Jets because they just have not been as good. You want to know what's really fun? Hmm. I'm looking right here at the quarterback rankings for the Jets. Zach Wilson has played in almost every game this season. Mike White has played in one, has played in three games, has played total in three games, one complete game. (laughs) And Mike White is the number 37 quarterback on the season. Zach Wilson's the number 34 quarterback. This is, unfortunately, Zach Wilson's offense, and that does not mean a lot of good for the fantasy implications of the Jets going forward. So I feel like we can move very quickly through the rest of this uh, this division. Uh, If you have to start a running back, it's Michael Carter. If you have to start a wide receiver, Corey Davis or Elijah Moore. So Michael Carter's been really good over the last couple weeks. Is that a fluke, or is he going to stay that way going forward? It's not last week, but the couple weeks before that. I mean, I think he's matchup dependent more than anything. I'm not starting him this week against the Bills. No, I want no. But like Miami, Miami and Houston, I would start him. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. We already talked a little bit about the Jets receivers. How do you feel about Corey Davis, Elijah Moore going forward rest of the year? Corey Davis, I just am not. He's only had three games of fantasy relevance. Mm-hmm. As for Elijah Moore, he's a little bit more interesting. Um, but I, again, the quarterback situation is so meh that i am just like i'd not if i have to start one of these wide receivers i'm not happy about it (laughs) i don't know if you've noticed this but i kind of caught on that like meh was was your word of the episode which i don't (laughs) think that there's a a word that more accurately describes the afc east (laughs) after you get past the bills yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, let's close things out here on the season with the NFC East. We got to pick up the pace here, so we're rushing through the NFC. Give me the Giants in uh, in a nutshell. Daniel Jones, if you're in like a bye week pinch, I can maybe see it, but he's I mean, he's quarterback number 16 on the season. Mm-hmm. Just he's. He's in a bye week. He's he shouldn't be your everyday starter, right? But he's a fine bye week villain. Yeah, he's fine. He's a fine bye week villain. I'm co- I'm cool with that. <laughs> I just caught on my my word of the episode. I, I believe has been fine. Yeah, and uh, that also describes the uh, the AFC and <laughs> NFC East. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Um, as for running backs, with if when Saquon comes back, it's his job, but. I think Devontae Booker is still going to be, unfortunately, eating into those carries because I think the Giants are going to be very conscientious of Barkley's workload. Mm -hmm. Yep, Barkley potentially coming back after the bye, but it's in Tampa Bay. So if if I'm the Giants in this situation, I'm looking looking at a couple weeks out. Before yeah. seeing Saquon Barkley, they get the Eagles week 12, which feels like a much safer time to return to the field. All right. Talk to me about wide receivers. Um, as for the wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony are the guys. I think out of that group, though, Kadarius Tony is probably the only one that I would want to have. Yeah, I, I do agree. Um, Galladay has just been such a disappointment. Sterling Shepard started off the season so good and has fallen not off. Not been able to stay healthy. Partially due to health, partially due to just not having great games when he's been on the field. Um, I, I You have to see it from Galladay, right? 
Yeah. This is this is the same thing as last season where he just has not been healthy. He's he's not carrying an injury designation this week, yeah. which feels new in his career. Right. So th- I guess this will be the week to see what. Well, next week I guess in Tampa, he I, th- this will be this will be it. Yep. He he's finally supposedly healthy. We're gonna need to see what he can do. Very very hard matchup in Tampa when he comes back from the bye week. And by that point, you're already almost to fantasy playoffs. There's some sweet matchups going in and yeah. some sweet matchups in the playoffs. So if Galladay turns it on, he could be a, one of the late season stars that we find ourselves talking yeah. about. But I I find that unlikely. Yep. All right, let's move on to, uh, let's call it a diamond in the rough. One of the more yeah. fantasy-friendly teams in the midst of the NFC East in the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so your quarterback's Dak Prescott. Yep. He's back, kind of. They're still being, oh, he's still having some injuries here and there, which you're not really too pleased with. Um and he's having trouble protecting the ball. He's had an interception or a fumble in at least one, at least in at least every game, except for one. Mm-hmm. And in a few games, he's had one of each. So yeah. the ball protection is what you're worried about, but he's Dak Prescott. He's the guy that we were hoping was going to be the hot shot last year. And mm-hmm. he's started to put together a season like he was putting together last year, just not as high powered. Yeah, you you're you're totally right on on everything you said. He's he's still averaging over twenty points a game. So bad Dak is still better than a lot of quarterbacks out there, and I'm totally fine. Yep. I'm totally fine starting him. It seems like it seems like the worst you're gonna get from him going forward. He did throw us one single digit game back in week two at the Chargers. But past that it seems like high teens is gonna be his floor. And that's what you want in a quarterback is consistency. Mm-hmm. And in that offense, there's always the potential that he could go off for a, for a five, six touchdown game. Yeah. You, you don't know what you're going to get. And it, the ceiling just feels so high. The floor feels so high. I'm yeah. rolling with that going forward. Um, as for the running backs, it's Zeke's job. It's his job. Um, no worry there. The only worry is Tony Pollard every once in a while has a breakout game, but that's been twice this season. But, I mean, it's Zeke's job. It's why you yep. drafted him as a as a top five running back, and it's why he's doing what he can to end as to try to get back into that top five running back. Yep. Tony Pollard's touch is also down over the last two weeks, which is encouraging for Zeke owners. Um, as for the wide receivers, this is a, another one of those offenses that I think you and I can, are probably on the same page of that has the potential to support three fantasy-relevant wide receivers. Um, this, over the next week or two, is going to get very interesting as Michael yep. Gallup may be returning. Yep. So as of right now, it's Cooper, it's Lamb. They've been the two guys that you drafted them to be. Um, they're been all for it. Michael Gallup obviously has been on IR since week one. He's a guy that becomes interesting rest of season because if he he is designated to return potentially this week, um, he could be back. But it's one of those it's one of those things where I think that you're gonna have to wait and see whether or not it becomes all three of the guys stay fantasy relevant or if it's gonna be kind of a wheel go round of one guy, two guys are good, one guy is bad. Here's here's something worth noting. Michael Gallup's rostered in about half of ESPN leagues, and I would imagine that that's similar across most platforms. This is your chance to pick him up. Yep. Because once he goes off, he's going to hit waivers, and if you're competing for the playoffs, he's not going to fall to you. Yep. So I I would go out there and check this week in your leagues if you've got a roster spot that's available, I would I would spend it on Michael Gallup just yeah. to see what the potential is going forward. He's got a relationship with Dak. He's been he's shown flashes every year of his career. He's never yeah. quite stepped into that consistent role 
but if you can get if you can get the upside of Michael Gallup going into the playoffs, especially with Amari Cooper dealing with yep. injuries, this this could be uh, if you're an Amari Cooper injury, I would almost say handcuff him with Michael Gallup. Yeah. All right, so here's what here's what's real fun about the Cowboys this year. Talk to me about their tight end. So the belief was that it was going to be Blake Jarwin was going to be the guy that everybody wanted, and it's actually turned into Dalton Schultz mm-hmm. um, this season. Obviously, Jarwin's been dealing with injuries off and on this season. He's currently on IR, but Dalton Schultz tight end number six on the season averaging 12 points a game and doing it not necessarily by the touchdowns but rather from the targets and the yards yeah jarwin's actually vultured a couple tie downs from him this year yep so you're yeah i've got dalton schultz in one league and i'm just i'm rolling with him i picked him up on waivers in a league that i had drafted irv smith in early on yeah and i'm i'm rolling with him and feeling good about it He's been just fine. All right, rolling through two more teams to hit as we close out our divisional breakdown. Talk to me about the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, Jalen Hurts is the guy that we were all excited for to see what he could do, and he has shown that he's what everybody thought he could be, um, averaging 22 points a game um, and currently quarterback number two on the season. Number um, two, how crazy is that? Yeah, I I think that there was I think that there were a lot of people that thought he would pretend, that he would end up top ten, but I don't think that everybody thought that he would be top five. Yeah, better than uh, even I expected. So, but he's doing it all. He's got the rushing going for you. He's got he's he's a, he's a Kyler Murray style player where he can do it both through the air or if he needs to scramble, we'll get out and scramble. And that's what you like to see is that he's not just getting you not being stuck and being dependent on his receivers and running backs. He's getting the field, opening up the field for those guys. Yep. He's been fantastic. Uh, Tell me about how great their running backs are, though. It's a nightmare. If Miles Sanders is healthy, it's Miles Sanders jobs as of right now. I mean, last week it was Jordan Howard. The week before that, it was Boston Scott. Kenneth Gainwell is a name that is used occasionally in in all of the wonderful like passing game, but even his touches are going down. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna save some of your breath. You don't care about any of them. Nope. The, you're not gonna predict it accurately. You don't know who's going to have the game. Miles Sanders, yes, his job before the injury was still averaging nine points a game. This is not a backfield that you care about. You're avoiding it at all costs. Um, As for the wide receivers, it's Devonta Smith to uh, Jalen Rigor and um, Quez Watkins, a rookie that they drafted this year. Only guy that I am... I mean, I don't – well, you know where I stand on Devonta Smith because I made such a poor decision in our draft um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on him. Like, there's a ton of potential here in this offense with how good Jalen Hurts has looked that it's disappointing that there's not a clear wide receiver one. Yeah, it feels like it's Devonta Smith most weeks, but – it hasn't I mean he's he's just outside the top thirty. I think he could finish strong because he, it feels like he's established himself a little bit. But I mean it it's just gonna be a hard offense to read on a week to week basis and there's so many ways for them to get points that I'm I'm probably looking elsewhere. I do own Devontae Smith in one league as well, and it's yeah. a league that he has seen my starting lineup maybe once. Um, as for the tight end, Dallas Goddard, 12th tight end overall, 10 points a game. A, he's more of that kind of boomer busty type of player. Um, mm-hmm. Only two touchdowns on the season. Like he rolls as Jalen Hurts rolls, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
All right, Washington football team, close us out as we run out of time. It's Taylor Heineke's job. I guess you you're you're not starting him. I mean, he's quarterback number twenty. If you're in a pinch in a bye week, sure, but I would still want to play the matchup for him. Uh, yep. Worth noting that uh, he is. You know, I agree with your analysis. Having a better season than Mac Jones. True. Um, as for the running backs, it's Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick. Gibson is the like supposed to be the starter, but McKissick has been relevant enough to eat into Gibson's Gibson's points. Yeah, they've both had really similar seasons in terms of fantasy points. It's just disappointing because it feels like Antonio Gibson's having a bad year and McKissick is having a good year, even though Gibson is having a slightly better year. You just drafted Antonio Gibson to be a running back one, and you drafted J.D. McKissick to be nothing more than a handcuff. And in turn, they've both been a high-end flex play, which is really great for McKissick owners and really lame for Gibson owners. Yep. And that doesn't feel like it's going to change given their usage. Nope. But there is uh, some fun to talk about on the wide receivers. For the wide receivers, Terry McLaurin I is, is a guy that is probably solidly as a back-end wide receiver one, top-tier wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. He is another guy that kind of rules how the quarterback rolls. Um, depending. Obviously, you like the thirty-point and the two twenty-point games, but only three point three games over ten points this season. Yeah, it's all been with with mediocre quarterback play, though. In dynasty, I want all the Terry McLaurin shares oh, yeah. I can get my hands on because he's he's almost quarterback proof. Like I totally agree in terms of talent that he's a he's a back end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver yep. two. But he's he's kind of ended up as a back end wide receiver too because of bad quarterback play. If if they can even just get the ball to him a little bit more, he has the potential to to be a league mm-hmm. winner late in the year. Um, the only other wide receiver of note would have been Curtis Samuel, but even he is looking at opinions on his groin injury and may not even play this season. Yeah. You're you're not looking anywhere else on this team. Well, that's it. That is it for our season two divisional breakdown series. Thanks for sticking with us through it. Before we get it out of here today, though, we are going to talk about our Sunday superstars. So Grant and I will each highlight a player for this upcoming week's action that we expect to go above and beyond their projections this week. Um, so I have a bet out with you on one of our wager players yeah. about Russell Gage going forward. This could be the week that puts him into a position where uh, you might be beating me. Yep. And I I have picked up and am starting Russell Gage in at least one league this week where I've got some <laughs> players on by. You know I got a lot of Darnell Mooney this week, and I'm missing him in a lot of leagues. Yep. Um, give me Russell Gage at Dallas. This should be a high-scoring game. The Dallas defense has been better than expected this season, but still allowing the 24th most opponent, uh, most points to um, uh, not quite They're They're 20. You know what I'm saying here? Yep. You know, they're, they're favorable. They're favorable to opposing wide receivers. Russell Gage could be in store for a big game. If you are looking for a bye week fill in or dealing with some injuries at the position, I'm totally cool with starting Russell Gage wide receiver, Atlanta Falcons. Still allowing eighth most. It took me that long to do the math in my head. Eighth um, most. Yeah, I like Russell Gage against the Cowboys this week. All right, give me your Sunday superstar as we as we close out this episode. Yeah, uh, give me Dernish Johnson with Kareem Hunt still on still on IR and Nick Chubb looking more and more likely that he's not going to be playing this week. Give me Dernish Johnson against the new England Patriots this week. Um, New England Patriots are currently averaging, giving up 24 points a game to running backs. 
Um, so you can run on this team. Um, they are giving up a huge chunk plays more than anything. So I like them. Uh, I like Ernest Johnson this week against New England. Uh, how much does this change? I mean, obviously, if Nick Chubb's if Nick Chubb plays, this is all out the window. Correct. But I I totally agree. I like him as a fill in going against New England in Foxborough without OBJ, which shouldn't really affect much for that team. But nope. Uh, 100%. All right. Well, that's what we have for you today. Thanks for swinging by the 25 yard line. Check us out on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at the 25 yard line. Shoot us an email the 25 yard line at gmail.com and uh we will see you next week get your playoffs fingers ready